For anyone who has any familiarity with me or my social media or this podcast, it'll come as no surprise that I'm a huge fan of Ghost. And their reveal recently of Papa Emeritus IV has a lot to say about media and how it works. So if you're not a fan of the band, trust me, there's still going to be something here for you. Because the meta narrative that they're telling and the manner in which they're doing it says a lot about storytelling and how we as fans participate in the media that we consume. And I want to talk about that on today's episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name is Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, and today I want to talk about why, even if you don't care about the band, you should pay attention to what's going on around the reveal of Papa Emeritus IV. But before we get into all that, if you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate this podcast in whatever app you're listening to me on. It does help out a lot. It tells the algorithm to share the podcast with more people. The more people listen, the bigger the community. The bigger the community, the better the chance we have of actually communicating with each other. And after all, that's why I do this in the first place. Thank you to everyone who's already done that. I don't know where to start with. I, I don't. I, I sat down for quite some time and thought about this because if you are not a fan of Ghost, Oh, there's a lot that we could go into, but I figure I will start with the basics. Ghost is a band fronted by a man named Tobias Forge. Their albums are kind of one of the best homages to classic horror that I have ever encountered. If you're a fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, or any of the numerous things of that ilk. Ghost is that, but in musical form. Their lyrics are often tongue-in-cheek. They're a delight. As long as you can cope with the idea that a lot of their songs are about the devil. And (laughs) I'm fine with that. I'm just frankly fine with that. Over the years, Tobias Forge has played numerous characters, and it actually is only recently that we know his name. We have known various Papas over the years, from Papa Emeritus I, the second, the third, Papa Emeritus Nihil, and now Papa Emeritus IV. Each album comes from a different persona, and kind of adds to the story, and I don't want to say mythology, but <clears throat> there's there's a lot of storytelling that goes on in the meta-narrative of the band. And for those of us who are fans, there are a lot of different places that you can pick this up. We all receive our messages from the clergy, and yeah, it, it's, it's 
it's, it's an interesting time to be had by all. Their most recent album, Prekel, which I finally decided to pronounce Prekel, simply because in interviews, that's how they say it, and that's the way I'm going with it, Prekel. Anyway, <laughs> it, it is a wondrous masterpiece of 70s style rock and metal that if you haven't listened to it and you like that sort of thing, just definitely give it a try. Songs like Faith, Dance Macabre, See the Light, Life Eternal. It's, it's just, it's a good album. It's a good album. Promemoria. I listen to Promemoria probably more than I should. It's a good album. It's a very good album. And it comes from the point of view of a character named Cardinal Copia. Now, this is a character that we have been introduced to via various methods. One, he produced most of the songs on the album. And we know this from the liner notes, where we find out that these are Cardinal Copia's songs. We also know this because it's the persona that Tobias takes on when he goes on stage to perform. We also know this because of the short films, which is what I'm going to call them, that they've put up on YouTube. The Ghost YouTube channel is a interesting place to get lost, especially, like I said, if you're a horror fan and if you're a fan of the band, because many of the videos are not necessarily music related, but they continue to tell the story of the events that take place within the world of the band. Like I said, they, they have crafted this brilliant meta narrative around themselves, and many fans, and I'm not going to speak for people other than myself here, have been wondering what was going to happen with the next album. Because <clears throat> Carnocopia is a, uh, well, a uh, controversial figure, to say the least. He's the first non papa, I'll say it that way, to lead the band. And the story of how he rose to power and prominence, which is told on their YouTube channel, he basically killed all of Papa Emeritus Nihil's children and has been slowly corrupting the church and taking it over from the inside and while riding around in the crypt on his little tricycle. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to explain if you don't watch it. But yeah, he, he's a very interesting and controversial character, and so... We expected, because with every album, we generally get a new persona leading the band. And given the events of Prekel and everything that took place, I was wondering if Cardinal Copia was maybe going to die and be replaced, or if he was going to win. Tobias gave an interview not that long ago, I believe with Kerrang, where he said that he Chronocopia hadn't finished everything that he wanted to do. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. Maybe Chronocopia is going to give us the next album as well. Because maybe. I really like Prequel and the EP that they released afterwards, uh, Seven Inches of Satanic Panic, which Oh, it's it's so good. <laughs> that that was Papa Emeritus Nihil's 
artwork from the 70s. So, yeah, I, I was curious what they were going to do. And then at the final show in their tour in Mex, I believe they were in Mexico City during the saxophone solo for the song Miasma, which is a good song. Definitely check it out if you're interested. Papa Emeritus Nihil dies on stage. It's quite dramatic to watch. I don't know if the videos are still up because it's YouTube and, you know, content lives and dies on there in rapid fire, but I had to actually watch several angles of this from people who were at the concert, filmed it, and posted it. And yeah, right in the middle of the saxophone solo, he just collapses. And several of the nameless ghouls run over to check on him and see what's going on. Cardinal Copia, in a beautiful, brilliant white suit, comes out all shocked. What's happened? What's going on? And walks up the stage to see what, what's going on. And then turns around and throws his arms out, and a light engulfs him. And just because you, in this moment, where a new leader is being chosen, a new voice for the beast is coming into play. We have to have the appropriate music. So what what are we going to do? What 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 is is it going to be O Fortuna? Maybe it's going to be O Fortuna that plays in the background as this appropriate moment as the beast is choosing a new messenger to carry the message forward. It's arrival by Abba. Because, like I said, the man has such a wonderful sense of humor. And there, embraced in the light, Cardinal Copia is chosen to ascend. To ascend, to take over. And he steps down from the steps, and he is surrounded by the Sisters of Sin. And they rip at his clothes, and they tear off his clothes, and it's flying everywhere as Abba plays. The great dark music of the ages, Abba plays in the background. And then we get the reveal. And then we see, for the first time, Cardinal Copia is gone. And Papa Emeritus IV stands before us. And there is the new Papa. There is the new frontman for the band, the new Papa. The new one who will take the story forward, the character from whose point of view the next album will be shaped. And there he is. The band begins to play. And if you're a fan of the band, going all the way back to their first album in 2010, you recognize the guitar of Conclave Condio beginning to play. And the crowd goes wild. And there before us, the new Papa Emeritus IV begins to sing Conclave Condio. And the stadium sings along with him. And they finish the show with the new Papa Emeritus IV. And it's an amazing moment. It's a magical moment. It's really well played off. The stagecraft is gorgeous and so well done. And I know what you might be thinking. 
but Charlie, I, I'm not a fan of this band, and that's a lot of devil stuff that you've been talking about. Yeah, yeah. But if you're a storyteller, just beyond being a fan of this band, seeing how they have, over the years, concocted this story and told us the tale, going all the way back to Papa Emeritus I, the second, the third, Cardinal Copiac, Papa Emeritus Nihil, and now with the rise of the fourth. Here we are seeing this entire meta narrative with all of the videos and other materials that are out there. This moment has just captured, I know, my mind and the mind of a lot of other people that are fans, even though we weren't there. I'm, I'm not even, I'm not in Mexico. I am unfortunately in the rusty buckle of the Bible Belt, and yeah, I wasn't there. But I still got to see it because the internet allowed me to see it. And I heard about it before I saw it. That's why I saw it. I, I heard, and I got all excited, and I looked it up, and I watched it. And it was a powerful moment. Why? Not because I worship the band. Not because I have any other connection to them. It was a moment out of a movie. Because that is what this band is crafting, and that is the sheer beauty of it. It's something that I've thought about doing over the years, but haven't. Once upon a time in the early days of this podcast, I actually thought about adopting a persona and actually doing the whole show from that point of view, as if it was part of an actual project and we would be given dossiers and, you know, the whole thing. Like, you know, you're going to see Q and M and whatnot in a James Bond film. For better or for worse, I decided against that, but other podcasts haven't, and they, they've done remarkably well with that. You can think of the entire world created by shows like Welcome to Night, The Veil, and others. But yeah, yeah, what, what, did, what can we actually learn from this? One, that I'm a super dork, and when I get involved into a fandom, I dive like head first right into it as deep as I can possibly get because that's the person that I am. But beyond that, this mastery of storytelling isn't something that's easy to pull off. It really isn't because changing the iconography of the band, and not all of the iconography changes, but the different papas look very different and distinct one from another, and Carnocopia even more so. There's a, a big thing, a big risk that you're taking in doing that. The style, the, the topics that are covered on the band, the themes of the albums change from time to time and from place to place. And that's a risk for a band to do. It's risky for anyone to do. And since I know a lot of the people who are listening to me, at least right now, are storytellers, what does this tell us about how we construct our own meta-narratives? What does this tell us about how we should approach story? I think the most important thing here is, this is a story that isn't a story. Well, yeah, there are some narrative components to it, and they are interesting in their own right. They are not necessarily required. This is approaching story from the point of view of 
an entire world that one can participate in, that one can play around in and dabble in. They can dip in and out. It is, in some respects, one of the best post-narratives I have ever seen. Because it isn't about sitting down and reading a book or listening to all of the albums in chronological order, which I guess would now mean starting with Seven Inches of Satanic Panic, even though it's the most recent release. No. What we're actually learning here, what we're actually seeing this band pull off and do, is creating a participatory world that has characters and drama and interest, that has songs that can be taken in various ways depending on the person and how they want to take it. Songs that include characters that have diverse and divergent interpretations. The character of Satan, for example, because a lot of their songs are about the devil, is different from song to song. Sometimes the devil is dead. Sometimes the devil is that voice that whispers in your ear. Remember that you will die. Sometimes the beast is there as a light to remind us to rebel and not to just bow to power. The fact that they haven't constructed a solid and rigid concept for the character isn't a problem. It's actually one of the great strengths of the series. And it's a strength that we can see, if you can pardon me comparing ghosts to anything else, in shows like the original Star Trek. The characters of Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, their core relationship does remain the same throughout the series, but the individuation of each character changes so much from episode to episode, because that was episodic TV back then. They had some core elements that kind of stayed the same, but they change a lot. Because it's actually those resonances that matter, not the qualities themselves. And that's what Ghost shows us. That's what Ghost teaches us about storytelling. It's the resonances. It's not, oh, <laughs> isn't that funny, that thing they said about the devil? Oh, isn't it funny about that ritual that they were talking about being performed. No, it's the, how those things work for us. Is Dance Macabre a song about the end of a relationship or the end of life? Is it about becoming who you should be or about becoming lesser than you should be? What is that song about? What is ending? What is happening in the right? What is happening? Why? Why? Can he look into her eyes and see that it's over? And what exactly is over? It's that room for self-interpretation and for the song to mean something different at different times when you hear it. There are times when I listen to Promo Moria and I laugh and I sing along and I laugh because don't forget about dying. Don't you forget about your friend death. Don't you forget that you will die. That's the chorus of the song. And sometimes I hear that and I just, I can't help but laugh because, you know, I have a dark sense of humor. And there are other times when things are rough and I'm trying to find the strength to go on. 
and it becomes an interesting difference. Don't forget about dying. Don't forget about your friend death. Don't forget that you will die. So make the most of the time you have now. My mind fills in the rest of the words. Don't wait. Don't put off till tomorrow those things that you can do today. Live without regret. And the entire meaning of the song changes. Leaving space is sometimes more powerful than filling in all the cracks. Ghost is a master of this. So it was Star Trek. Star Wars. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Sabrina the Chilean Adventures thereof. Buffy. Babylon 5. I can go through and list all of our favorite shows and, pro- and franchises. They're good at leaving those empty spaces for the mind to fill in. That's why people are still talking about Harry Potter today, even though it's been so long since the books were written, or the works of Tolkien. They live in the mind, because in the empty spaces, there's place for the mind. In the imagination of the fan. I hope you've enjoyed this show. If you did and you haven't already, please do take a moment to rate it if the app you're listening to me in allows you to rate it. If you have any questions, comments, or topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, in the show notes you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, I would love to hear from you. If you'd rather hit me up on social media, I am C. Dorset on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. If you've got a buck you can pass my way, Thank you so very much. It's so helpful right now. In the show notes, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and listener support. Thank you to everyone who already does that. And for those of you who are curious, I actually get more back from listener support than I do from Patreon, but whatever you want to do, I've had a few people ask. Thank you to everybody who already does that. If you don't have any money right now or you don't feel like giving, that's perfectly all right. But... If you can share the podcast with other people that that you think would like it, that helps out more than you could possibly know. Getting people to know that this show exists takes up way too much of my time and is one of the hardest things that I do. So thank you to everybody who's done that. Alrighty, we've got some crazy episodes coming up this week. I hope you are having a great time and whatever you're doing, don't forget to have the fun. Bye.